Welcome everybody to the 40th year, uh, 40 years of uh, a new hope panel. Um, my name is Tom Hutchins. Most people know me as uh, Mandalore the Uniter. I'm the founder of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club. Um, I'm going to be your captain on this crazy voyage today. Um, and I'll go ahead and uh, let everybody introduce themselves, starting right here to my right. I am Michael Morris. Um, I'm for this panel going to probably be like the Dennis the Menace with a bunch of pennies on the track trying to derail everything. No. Um, I'm a uh, 501st member and I also do a little podcast called Cloud City Casino where we talk about Star Wars and gaming. Uh, if you're like, I'm not into gaming, that's okay. We don't get really into detail. It's more about just shenanigans and having fun playing the games. And occasionally I go on this other podcast. It's all right. It's called. Uh, the, the culture clash, it's, it's okay. One of the hosts on there is really annoying, but I love Kyle. So, hey, Kevin, what do you do? <laughs> My name's Kevin Reitzel, fellow 501st member, uh, probably the oldest one on this panel. Did see Star Wars in the theater. Uh, co-founder and co-host of the Fandom Podcast Network with the awesome Culture Clash <laughs> podcast where we've had a couple annoying guests from time to time. And also Highlander, uh, the Blood of Kings podcast. <laughs> I'm Michelle Aerie, and I'm the co-host of Skyhawkers podcast, which I hope to keep on here and Um, And I've been a Star Wars fan for more than half my life. I'm Chad Miller, and I think I'm the only one up here who's done this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been a Star Wars fan for a while. And I think I probably did start in the least amount of time now. So I've been a Star Wars fan for about 10 years now. So she was pretty much. So you're just a young one. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like we run a whole gamut of, of fandom here as far as Star Wars depth of fandom. So what I'm going to do is uh, I've taken some time to write down 10 questions that I'm going to ask panelists here that I think are pretty important as far as the 40 years of, of A New Hope, things from A New Hope that um, stuck with us or, you know, of that nature. So uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and get right down to it. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to start down at the far end since we did our introduction here. We'll start down there first. Ladies first. So uh, my first question here, and I'm probably going to jump around on these, but my first question is, how did you feel about A New Hope when you, when you first watched it? What, what did you feel? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> Star Wars was actually before Star Wars was my fault, but it was the first one. Uh, Charlotte actually introduced me to Star Wars when we were in middle school, when I was about 12 years old. Uh, and we watched them in uh, chronological order, so one through six. So uh, I, the first Star Wars one I saw were the prequels, and that was really what I was used to. So coming into a new hope, it was completely different. Uh, but it completely captured my imagination. Uh, it was the movie that made me a Star Wars fan. Luke uh, Skywalker is my favorite Star Wars character, so uh, to see the start of his story is just so important to me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really great film, and it means a lot to me. It's been my favorite Star Wars film for a long time. Only recently have I started saying that Return of the Jedi is my but deep down, it's really <laughs> Well, the first time I actually saw Star Wars from the Jedi in the theaters, so I saw the original trilogy out of order, and I 
at a time, it's just who owns that toy, and that toy, and that toy. And he said he gets three, and there's your brothers. As you grew older, then you started to see it from a different angle light, and then once you saw the prequels, the new hopes changed a little bit. So it was, now it's not so much the get all the toys, it's the, you know, the feeling you get when you see Obi-Wan getting moved the lightsaber from the dead the first time. And it's just now more emotional, and it's now to know where it, it belongs in the universe and sets up so many other things, the meaning just continues to evolve. Um, for me, I saw Star Wars for the first time when I was 10, and my mom introduced me to it actually. She kind of filled me with like a commentary about how culturally important it was, and I think that I've um, kind of taken that and every person that I've shown Star Wars like throughout my entire life, including Caitlin, I've tried to kind of instill that sort of, it's so culturally important commentary. Um, so I, I, I love A New Hope. I think that it is, you know, it's the only like fully complete Star Wars film where you don't need the others. And I think on its own, it stands so perfectly and it's just one that you can always return to. Let's be honest, what you really said was you can either like this or you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point about it, standing on this. I saw Star Wars in Santa Barbara, California in 1977 when it first premiered, and I was six years old. Wow. And it changed everything that I thought about that I'd seen on the screen. And my parents always liked to go to the drive in, to the theaters, and I remember Star Wars became a babysitter for my parents. We were, they were allowed to drop us off at the theater, and then we would see it over and over and over again and you were allowed to do that back then it wasn't weird it wasn't creepy as long as you kept buying popcorn it was cool <laughs> and I remember we won toys but toys didn't come out till like January the following year there was that, uh, that kind of gift thing or that box that you got during Christmas that you could pre-order and the uh, early bird yeah the early bird special and uh, the, not everyone got toys right away and uh, you were the popular kid if you got one but it changed my life it, it, you know the way that I looked at film and screen and of course Han Solo and Lynn how cool is that? <laughs> so, I cannot even tell you the year that I saw Star Wars. Uh, I refer to myself as a child of the dark times because it's kind of that early 90s period when I discovered it and I was very, very young. And I, uh, I was at my, my babysitter's house where I stayed, you know, all the time. And her son grew up during that, that time. And so he had all of his stuff. But she had um, all the stuff put away, and I was, you know, just being a little kid, and I was prowling back in one of the closets, and I'm like, what is this thing? And it was the Darth Vader Kenner action figure case. And I'm like, this looks awesome. And then I open it up, and then there's all of these action figures, and like, you know, he kept all of their guns and everything, you know, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever, and they're like, oh, that's Star Wars. And I, honestly, I don't know if uh, A New Hope was the first one that I watched, because I do remember thinking in when Luke was buying the droids, like he was repurchasing them. Like, no, they had adventures, and then like for some reason, I'm like, that's I don't know what was going on in my mind. I don't know if like I just had an overactive imagination, and I'm like, this is the story now. Okay, now I'll watch the movies, or if I just watch them out of order, I have no idea. Um, but I know I was very, very little. It was like, like I said, right around maybe 1990, 91, somewhere in there. I also uh, didn't get to watch them in order at the very beginning. Uh, the first one I got to see in the theater was Return of the Jedi when I was five. And um, I remember asking my dad, 
um, about Star Wars and, and if he had actually watched the first one. And uh, he said yes, that he had, but he didn't understand it because, of course, my dad's a child of the 40s in the Deep South. You know, he just didn't get that. Didn't get it. Wow. Okay. Continue. <laughs> and um, so I had to wait until, you know, it would come across on TV. That was That was the thing back then, you know, before we had these things called VCRs or DVDs or Blu-rays, um, you had to wait until they showed it on like NBC. NBC once a year would show, you know, the, the Star Wars movies and uh, they tried to do them in order. You know, usually you would see like their first part of the year you would you would get A New Hope and then in the middle of the year you'd get um, Empire and then at the end of the year you'd get Return of the Jedi. They'd never show them like now, like on Spike where you've got Star Wars Marathon and you get all six of them, you know, OT and, and prequels all there in one week. So you kind of had to wait. So that was my first uh, ability to see A New Hope. And when I saw it, of course, you know, you, you see the, the Star Destroyer come over. And you're watching it on TV, but as a child, a TV screen is, you know, if you've got a big TV, that's just as good as a, a movie for a, a, a tiny child. And I remember watching, just sitting up, like, right on the TV, way too close. I remember my mother screaming, are you going to get, your eyes are going to go blind. And watching the Star Destroyer come over and the, and the Corellian Corvette, and it's like, wow, that's awesome, you know. Um, and it just, you know, it, it only made my love for Star Wars deeper, so... I just I, I loved I loved A New Hope probably better than I loved M, uh, Return of the Jedi because Boba Fett didn't die in <laughs> A New Hope he wasn't even in it so alright so let's move on here alright here's a question that's gonna kinda we're gonna jump quite a ways in the future on this one was the special edition necessary did it add anything to the story, or did it fill in any of the holes that might have been in the original version of, of uh, Star Wars that, that you saw, of, of A New Hope? You want to start on there? So, we'll start with you. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely was necessary. Uh, it, first of all, it was necessary because uh, it launched a whole... It, you got to see the trilogy on the big screen again. But as for all the scenes that were added, uh, I liked them all. The only one I had an issue with was Han shooting first, Greedo shooting first. Uh, because at the, yeah, at, the end of, at the end of New Hope, uh, Han... You know, he kind of redeems himself, and you know, he's this person that's selfish, and he does what he does to get his way. And for him shooting first, it kind of fits his character, and it makes what he does in the in the Death Star trench more impactful for me. But everything else, I had, I had, I was fine with all of the additions. I didn't have a problem with any of the the musicians. I thought it was fun. More Star Wars for me is a good thing. I have um, basically lived my life only seeing the special edition. So, I know. <laughs> don't worry, we'll talk after. I'll, I'll hook you up. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I think it's, it's fine. I, the only thing I don't like is, I, sometimes it's the special effects just kind of get in the way, but mm -hmm. Caitlin and I are very uh, pro George Lucas's vision, so I can't really say too much against it. <laughs> Well, if that's the only way we're going to get the cleaned up negatives and it be a brighter, sharper image one for a re-release or the DVD or Blu-ray, it's probably a decent trade-off, despite Han shooting first, or Han supposed to be shooting first and then the bad Jabba. Oh, the bad Jabba. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, the Jabba is probably the one that sits in the most, but as Charlotte said, uh, I don't think I even realized that there were special editions when I first saw Star Wars A New Hope. 
and I'm a little embarrassed to say that I also didn't really understand the Han shot first <laughs> joke or problem because that was the only version I had seen. Um, so I became a little bit more immersed in fandom and started to understand more the history of Star Wars. Um, but I mean, just like uh, Charlotte said in Chatter 2, more Star Wars is good Star Wars. Um, and I think it aligns with George Lucas's vision and what he wanted for Star Wars. And I know that sometimes that's not always what you want for Star Wars, but as creator, he, he kind of gets some license to do what he wants with it, I think. So I have just like a real quick question just for everybody because we're, like I said, I don't uh, I don't particularly care for any of the changes except there's one that like I'm almost on the fence about because I'm like, I do like it, but it's not the original. Um, just kind of everybody what they think. Do you like Yubnub or the new song at the end? You like Yubnub more? I kind of, see, I kind of like the new song more just because it's a little more John Williams-y rather than just, I mean, like, I, I like it, you know, like I like the, the Yubnub, it's fun and, and everything, but I don't know, I guess. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of, to me, just fits a little bit more, so it's a little more John Williams-y sounding. Uh, so that's the only thing, but like I said, I... But the Yebnub is so catchy. No, I, no <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying... And believe me, I'm Ewok not... I like them both. I, mean, I like them both. I mean, look, look at it this way. If Porgs have their own song in the new one, are you going to like that? And the... It's going to be like Porg, Porg. Porg, Porg, yeah. <laughs> porg, 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 Porg. porg. <laughs> Um, I didn't really have any problems with special edition. I mean, of course, you know, I got to see Boba Fett in it, so, I mean, but anyway, I mean, I didn't really care that much about uh, the Han shooting first thing. I mean, it wasn't necessary, but I don't think it really hurt anything. Um, it didn't really add to the, to his, you know, awesomeness, so, um, but yeah, special edition, yeah, more, more Star Wars is, equals a good thing. Um, here's a, here's a really good one. If and we'll start on this side again, Michael. If you could change one thing about A New Hope, what would it be? Oh yeah, go ahead. Sure. Are you saying like the, the the whole Han sh shooting? We got a mic coming. Let 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 the mic get to you there. He's a smuggler, so he's supposed to be that guy. Guys, I'm going to do what I need to do for me or my interests. Not whatever he has. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was the one. That was the one change that I had a problem with. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it changed his. It changed his character, and you know, when when he goes at the end, when he when he comes, you know. I had a feeling Chewbacca had a long conversation with him as they were leaving Yavin, saying, dude, we got to do something here. And I think, you know, that's when you kind of see a little bit of redemption on his side and he sees the bigger picture here. So, I think what's neat is when you watch him walk away after he shoots Greedo, and you, he kind of has this blank look on his face, like... Yeah. 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 That's how it was. Sorry for the mess. Yeah. Yep. Sorry about the mess. <laughs> So yeah, Michael, if you could change one thing about A New Hope, what would it be? Uh, man, um... Put you on the spot, right? You know... Just to make a quick work You know, I mean, it's, I've, I've said before that Star Wars is essentially not just like for like, oh, this is awesome, I love it, because it's not my favorite of the franchise, but as far as films as a whole, like, it really is what people call, or, you know, what people refer to Citizen Kane as. Like, uh, it completely redid how movies were made and how they're even being made today. You know, far more than, like, it's, its relevance 
has far surpassed, like I said, Citizen Kane. Everyone's like, oh, it's the greatest. I'm like, no, Star Wars, shut up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, it's like saying that's, okay, this is the best example of a movie, and then to go, but I would change this, just kind of makes me feel like a jerk, so I, I, I don't know of anything. I can't think of anything. Well, that's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I, I wouldn't change anything, uh, but there's a little tiny part of me that has seen that cut scene with Biggs mm-hmm. that I would okay, that's love a little bit cool, yeah. to see in there because it, it's it kind of sets up Luke's you know, humdrum life a little bit more and wanting to get off Tatooine. And it also makes the death of Biggs more impactful. I know we got more of it in the special edition, but there's something about that scene though that I think really kind of lets you know who Biggs is and what Luke wants to do. So if, if I had to say, had to say, I would say I'd like to clean that up and put that back in there. You're talking about the scene where they're at Anchorhead. Yes. And they call exactly. him Wormy and yep. that is nickname. Yep, yep, yep. Or would they call it uh, American Graffiti in Space? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it has a very 50s vibe about it. Um, it's kind of a loaded question because obviously I've changed nothing. I think it's a perfect film. Um, but the for like a modern audience, the first 35 minutes are really quite slow. And I think that if I were to change anything for a modern audience, it would be to quicken that up. Even though I do think that having that slow build to like the droids reach to reach Luke kind of personifies what Luke represents. Like he's been hiding on Tatooine forever. So um, I, I don't know. I, for a modern audience, maybe just. But for that time, that was like breakneck speed. Yeah. yeah. Like movies before Star Wars were like my wife trying to tell me a story, you know, where it's just like, <laughs> get to the point. <laughs> I don't see her. I thought she left. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> I, um, a couple things. I would add Gamorreans to the scene with Jabba and Boba Fett because that sets up more of the palace and links everybody together, and they're also my favorite character. But also, when Obi Wan says that the stormtroopers are actually shooting precisely, show that. Because we've got eight films now where they can't get the broadside of the barn. Yeah, I think I probably can do a few times. I think what we said earlier was absolutely correct in that to change Star Wars Evil too drastically would completely change the impact um, of it. I mean, it'd be completely revolutionized how films are created and consumed, how consumed them today. So to change too much of it would, would change how films are made today. And, I don't think we want that. Uh, well, maybe some parts of it. Um, but I think I have to agree with Charlotte. Uh, I know the first time I watched Star Wars New Hope, that first 35 minutes was pretty slow for me. Uh, and I was more of a modern audience. Obviously, I didn't see it back in the 70s. Uh, but I know I kept reading, you know, what, like, what are we walking to? Why are we in the desert? How long are we going? Um, and so once we finally did it, so it, you know, it was all in. But I think that's really more of a selfish change. Um, I don't think that would actually be a good change overall for the movie, but more of a personal change. Yeah, I think I'm, I think, oh, what, a oh, question? Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to mention, I think the solution is just the padding on this. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. What is it? But, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's like the opposite of the despecialized. Oh, okay. 
Is that the is that the cut that has like the Darth Vader light chest lighting up and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Action flash. Yeah. He does one from meticulously from everything. The original version, you can't get it yet, but it's torn. That satisfies all of this that you guys would like to go. I remember seeing that. That was a good one. I have it. It's fantastic. I want to recuperate it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's called the Revisited. Uh, It's a fan made uh, cut, and he cleaned it up really nice. Yeah, it was was pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Just wondering if you thought about, you might say, a metaphor that was the community would be now, see, so what it would like to be in the context of the Oh, it's Sailor Kid, it would like Batman, Batman, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things I try to teach my daughter, too, and how important Star Wars is and what it did for the film industry and what it allowed George Lucas to do with special effects and, and everything. And, and of course, uh, bring John Williams to the forefront of music. And, you know, he is by far the, the, uh, the iconic composer that everyone wants for their films. And uh, just, you know, and bringing that type of music back to uh, the big screen as well. And uh, just good old-fashioned storytelling of uh, of the hero's journey. And merchandising. Let's not forget <laughs> yeah. merchandising. 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 <laughs> yeah, I think that's the the greatest thing about it is yeah, it's like how great it is now. When uh, my buddy Bruce has one of the best Star Wars stories stories I've ever heard, and he talks about when he went as a kid to see uh, The Empire Strikes Back. <clears throat> And of course, you know, sequels weren't like a big thing at that time. And he says that he just sees it sort of come up and it says Star Wars, like the exact same crawl and everything. And he goes, oh no, they're showing the wrong movie. <laughs> but he then, he then goes, well, that's okay because I haven't seen it in a while. So I'll, you know, I'll watch this and then I'll just catch it later and I'll be, I'll be caught up. And now it's like, 
I can watch Star Wars on my phone, you know, but like back then there was, like you didn't even have the rental system. So, you know, just it's kind of interesting to think that like, yeah, you just, you had to wait until they'd come back into theaters. It's funny, I always kind of wish they would have fixed that white blade. <laughs> and I'm, I'm surprised they didn't do that. But uh, other than the sword fight itself, I thought it was great. Suspense. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yes. Now knowing the entire story, you've seen Obi Wan, Master I think too, if you go back and you look at all the different things that Obi Wan has been shown in over the years, uh, from Phantom Menace, Clone Wars, yeah. and even now in Rebels, and you look at how his um, how he changes himself, how he grows as a person, and just grows older. Um, the way he fights is completely different. So, mm -hmm. you know, going back and looking at watching A New Hope again after I've seen Obi Wan in all these other different part times in his life, the fight with Vader makes way more sense and how the fight is conducted. And yes, he is slower, he's older, you know. Um, it's not like he was in Phantom Menace or. Uh, um, uh, Sith, you know, he, he's not jumping around anymore. He's actually he actually knows that he needs to physically die to be of better help to Luke because he is so um, old now and, and kind of broken down from from being there on Tatooine for so long. He knows that's really the only way he can be real help to Luke. I, I just want to mention that's a good point about the lightsaber battle because what sets the original trilogy lightsaber battles apart from the the uh, the, the prequel ones is that in the original ones you get great dialogue mm -hmm, yeah. in between them. And my favorite lightsaber duel of all time is the one uh, that's on the second Death Star with Luke and Vader. Yeah. And I remember when I saw the uh, the lightsaber duel in Phantom Menace, which is great with Obi-Wan and um, Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. Great action, but they don't say a word Yeah, it's more spectacle. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 it kind of takes the drama out a little bit. So that's a good point about that. That's what I like about that original Star Wars one is because you got that dialogue between the two. But I do want to say with that though um, just because I don't want anyone to think like we're bashing prequels um, I think that a great mixture of that is the uh, Revenge of the Sith yeah. where you really have that visual storytelling and you see you know yeah they're, it's cool and we're, we're fighting and stuff but you really kind of see that struggle and like I said it's really visual storytelling not just like look how awesome we are right. you know yeah just Same here. I did the same thing. 
person is like unbelievable. And it adds so much to the dialogue and even the empty seat in the uh, council room or whatever in, on the Death Star. Um, it's just uh, it's so good and it really did, I hope that the future movies that Lucasfilm produces do similar things where it adds more weight to the stories that we've known for years and years and years. One of the great things about being a Star Wars fan now is that there's just so many new additions to canon that completely revolutionize how we see some of these films and how it all still works together. Like Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, you know, having these moments with Mary Menace and Revenge of the Sith and Rebels and Clone Wars, it doesn't take away from the new hope, it adds more layers and more depth to it. And Road One does that too. It adds so much more urgency to the events of the new hope. Um, you're so much more stressed out watching them. Uh, the it gave us the brutality that we wanted to see from Vader for 30 years. Yeah. It made you wonder, like, when you saw Honda Baza in the crowd, how quickly is he going straight to his ship? I just loved how. Um, Vader, you know, he sees them get away. So you almost like can kind of, you're like, nah, get one. He's frustrated. But they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I, I just saw you. Like, come on. Do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> you know, like, I followed you. When he says she's a traitor, he's just like, yeah, well, 10 minutes ago, he just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> she's being unreasonable. I think for me, the Rogue One really got poignant for me when uh, when you see Tarkin and it's like oh man okay now episode 4 just kind of came into the forefront in the movie for me I'm, I'm like you I can't watch Rogue One without immediately watching episode 4 right afterwards I mean it's basically like a thing at the house if Rogue One is, is on the television then episode four is going to be on right afterwards because it just you can't just watch one and the fact and the fact that they went back and they went uh, to all the physical props and they've made uh, Rogue One seem so much more like episode four uh, environmentally wise and prop wise and costume wise um, it really helped those two movies in my opinion to go together very seamlessly so it, it's just so much easier to watch them together go ahead I think she's asking what what do we like about it? What do Oh, yeah, Rogue One really kind of sets them up there. <laughs> I mean, uh, like we said earlier, that uh, that's when it really sets up Vader's ferocity and trying to do what he does best, and that's, you know, get the plans, but also, uh, you know, squash rebellion. But when you watch New Hope after that, it, there's there's just something about it about Vader and especially when he comes through the doors of the of the, of the Tantive four there you know of what he's gone through and he's finally caught up with that ship it just adds a whole new weight to it and uh, uh, but you know it, it, it was really cool to see Vader finally finally do what he does best in Rogue one you kind of get a you give you've got a bit more respect for Vader I think when you watch Rogue one like that because I remember when I first watched uh, A New Hope and I saw Darth Vader there, of course I had already seen him in Return of the Jedi, but 
All I saw him do was, you know, choke Captain Antilles and throw him against the wall, and boom, he's done. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, Darth Vader, not really that powerful of a dude. You know, where's the lightsaber battles? Where was the, you know, where's all this stuff I saw in, in Return of the Jedi? So, um, you know, yeah, I, I think the Rogue One definitely made him um, quite a bit more uh, awesome in his skill level and, and respectability. Also, his moody chamber on Mustafar yes. was a great addition. Yeah. Uh, I just want to know more about Jeeves, his little butler dude. I don't know his real <laughs> yeah. name, but yeah. Like, what's that guy's life like? <laughs> it's like, God, every day. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, which I know there's a bit of controversy with this, because, uh, you know, a lot of times people are wrong. And uh, <laughs> they didn't like the uh, the ending, the second ending to Maul in Rebels. But that's so great because of what that does. Because you see that in that, um, Maul has not grown. He's still just as angry, and, and he's going to come in. He even tries to use the same move that he used against Qui-Gon that, you know, to really represent. He's learned nothing. Um, but Obi-Wan, he's changed. He's evolved as a person. And he's going to, you know, he's going to hold back and, you know, that there's more to him there. Vader, likewise, is also, he's like, no, last time, dude cut my legs off. I'm not rushing into this, you know, so, yeah, it's going to be a little bit slower fight. (laughs) And it's also, yeah, Obi-Wan's at least 20 years older than his last fight, and it's not like he's in the hut practicing and doing yoga and getting all sorts of and those are 20 years of Tatooine. Tatooine years are way <laughs> yeah, harder no, than they're tough. They're tough. <laughs> that sun. It's bad. It's bad on both. Skin. Most suns. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Could you put the mic a little bit closer? It really is a battle of the mind, that, that moment. And I think it's one of the instances that was really fortunate, almost, to see your mentor this in and all the prequels before in the post, because watching that battle between them, I understood all of the weight that came with their, their movements and their, their slow movements. We did so much having built up, and there was so much anticipation for that moment. It made sense that it was more one of mind and emotion than of skill and fighting. I'm sorry, could you speak a little bit closer to the mic? I can't hear you. None of the family drugs revelation were even a thought in the slide. But how did those change that you saw? Fire father and. Are you talking about speculation? The family revelations. Now, when we found out that Vader was his dad and he kissed his sister, how that changed? <laughs> well, it was weird, but I, 
I don't know what it is, but like all great storytelling has an element of incest, apparently. I mean, if you look like <laughs> Game of Thrones now, you're like, dude, it's your aunt. Um, you know, Back to the Future, dude, it's your mom. Star Wars, dude, it's your sister. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? Um, I don't, I don't get that correlation, but. I, I always wondered why he kept the name Skywalker. I mean, it's not like the name Smith, right? I mean, <laughs> branding purposes. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, he he's like, okay, if, if I'm ever going to start my own power converter company, like, I need to have a cool name. How many have we actually met in the universe? Yeah. Yeah. It went up, I guess, probably the I saw the original. I think my phone has better speakers and sound on it than the original. And I saw one of the things, talk about the content of the plot, but one of the things that I'm most amazed about in the movie is the advancement of watching movies and how movies push that along to make each movie better and better and better. Um, and I guess my question to the panel is, do you worry about some of the epicness leaving the series when we are now almost hiding for a little bit using the technologies that are out there that we're seeing in every other movie um, and we're the one using the same sort of stuff and not pushing the boundary that I think we've experienced in you know, the new I would say Tarkin was definitely pushing the boundaries. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've not seen actors being brought back to life and, you know, doing new lines. It's like, Peter Cushing's dead. But yet he had a pretty big role in Star Wars because of the technology we have today. Um, I was even talking to, to Mike Quinn and when a lot of people are like, oh, practical effects are taking a step back, you know, and it's like, no, no. Um, when I, I can nine numb, you know, in Return of the Jedi, he was not a full moving puppet. He was some. He was sitting down, and they're working, you know, the arms like Kermit the Frog. But in um, the Force Awakens, we have an actual suit that's mechanical, and I mean, it's it's little uh, like motors and mechanisms inside there that when you move your face, it you know moves the uh, the, the mask face. So I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely tons of of uh, places where they've definitely moved the genre forward, uh, even if it's just not as obvious as, as it has been in the past. Well, I want to touch on what you said about the storytelling and its epicness. I think that the original trilogy had that in the story because there wasn't social media, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't all this stuff going on. And, and it, when it comes to the hype and the epicness of the new movies, it's there because of the anticipation and the, the stuff you can buy in the stores. But when it comes to the story, what I would like to see less of is certain people at Lucasfilm saying, this is what you're not going to see when it comes out. You know, I want those to be secret. I, I don't want to get any, I don't want to know anything about the story. I want the story to hold on its own. I want us to make our own decisions for it, and I want us to be able to speculate. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want you to tell us what's not going to be in episode 8 or episode 9. Just be quiet about that. Just, you know, do your work with the movie and show us and, well, and surprise I think, us. I think in a sense they are trying to do that. I've, I've had a pretty unique experience lately where I got to actually go to Lucasfilm and, and Skywalker Ranch. Name and talk, dropper. Sorry. <laughs> and talk to a lot of these people. And um, they're trying to do that as best they can. But at, at the end of the day, they know that things are going to get leaked. So they try to, you know, they're trying to release the things that they feel are, um, are, are going to be 
I guess, um, soaked up the best as far as, you know, these little snippets and stuff like that because, you know, stuff does get leaked. And I will say that Star Wars, as a movie franchise, is probably one of the best-kept secrets. You know, what's going on behind the scenes is probably uh, some of the best-kept secrets of any movie franchise out there. Ironclad NDAs. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Like blood. Like pricking your finger. Um, It's... You know they're they're very big on trying to keep things secret because they want us to get that that shock and awe when we go in the theater. They want us to to feel like the kids again when we're watching this stuff. You know, Ryan Johnson is is like the coolest one of the coolest guys in the world. I don't you know I don't know how many of you guys have ever met like Dave Filoni and some of these people, but they're just like so down to earth and and you know they're big fans in and of themselves and they really want to do Star Wars right by the fans as well because. They're, you know, they're huge Star Wars fan nerds as well, just like all of us. Uh, I say that, um, <laughs> Angle the mic. Yeah. So the original Star Wars trilogy, four think it's so much about making it making it more modern as it is George wanted to be able to do this stuff from the get-go and George is a huge fan of, of digital mediums that's like his thing he he you know he he's always felt that digital art is has been very underutilized I don't know why he feels that way, but that's that's kind of the way he, he he's always kind of felt. I mean, if you read and watch interviews with him, he's always preaching that digital. You know, I, I feel like that this the changes that were made were changes that he wanted to be able to have in there originally. Yeah, he was never completely satisfied with the original trilogy. And no, 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 he's even edited it as it was being re-released years after. Yeah. yeah. Like recently, yeah, and he's it's when you look at it, he he had complete control of this. This was his project. It was his sandbox, and we were allowed to play in it. 
and he wanted to finish it and do it the way he wanted to and and so that, that when it came when it comes to all those things that that was what he's been wanting to do for a long time yeah and he really wanted that rock in front of r2 like it was just killing him <laughs> no i mean my thing is i you know i have to respectfully disagree with you guys to an extent i, I do know that yeah he he wasn't quite satisfied and you know i think that it's sort of almost sad that he wasn't able to kind of look at it the same way that we do you know um and say you know we're like George, it's beautiful, and he's like, mm, "No, I'm should have should have put this here. That rocket needed to, needed to go right there in front of the R2." And you know, but and and the thing is too, what kind of even hurts that argument more is like, like, oh yeah, this is this was his edition in 1997. This is his edition in 2005. This was his edition in 2011. It's like, okay, George, you've had three passes, <laughs> you know, like. So that's kind of that's kind of my issue with that argument. But I do love and respect George I just not the biggest fan of uh, trying to you know it's it's putting uh, eyebrows on the Mona Lisa you know it's like oh, it looks so much better see how, how much her face looks you know it's like yeah but that's not the and that's not the original intent so no, no not really. No, because yeah. and and that's the thing too. Because it, and I'll I'll always argue against that with Star Wars because Ben Burt w originally used baby noises to come up with the sound of R two. So Star Wars, I mean, he said himself, he's like, oh, when I made Star Wars, it was for twelve years olds, you know. So it's always been for kids, you know. People talking about like, oh, porgs are trying to cutesy it up, and like that's always been an element, you know. I mean, that's the thing is that we got to understand. A lot of people want Star Wars to grow with them. And they're like, well, I'm 40, so I want a movie for 40-year-olds. And it's like, yeah, but it's Star Wars. Like, Star Wars has got, you know, for it to be there, it can either not be Star Wars or it can change with you. But if it changes, then it's not Star Wars. So you got to kind of pick which one you want. And, you know, it had all those elements, but that's that's kind of the thing. That's the, the beauty of it is it has a, a little something for everybody. George has always said that uh, Star Wars is a, is a Saturday morning kid show. That's exactly how he's he's put it, you know. He's always intended it to uh, for the kids. So you mean sort of like a, like an Obi-Wan film or something like that? Okay, so like our, our own <laughs> dream spinoff. We'll go with the uh, obvious. Well, Boba you, Fett, yeah, I mean, I was just... Um, maybe, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fan of kind of the way they did Rogue One with, with not having like a whole bunch of glow sticks involved and, you know, like every, every, every big Star Wars movie has got to have Jedi and Sith, but I like it when we don't have, when it can be an everyman movie, you know, mm -hmm. when it can be just the average galaxy dweller 
can rise up and, and become great and do great things for an entire galaxy. So that would Rogue One, I guess, would be kind of like a companion movie to me. I mean, yeah, you know, Boba Fett movie, obviously, <laughs> but but Rogue One, I think, is the kind of movie that I've always been that, that I've always been waiting for a movie where it doesn't in, you know include a Jedi to be great. You know, I've always. Uh... I've been wanting this from day one ever since the Expanded Universe came out. I want a Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. I want to find out the early Jedi, the early Sith, the early lightsabers, the, the creatures from back in the day. I want I want something set up back there because there's so much you can do and all those books were great. And you're not, you're not stepping on toes in any current uh, canon right now. That, that's what I would like to see. I don't know if anyone's read Claudia Berry's amazing album. But I, I, I want that, obviously. But I also really love Padme and Padme. Padme is, and I think that a movie focused on a similar plot line to Bloodline um, with like political intrigue would be so cool. And you could do a lot with like a huge cast of females. It would be amazing. Yeah, I was I was also gonna say Ahsoka, so I'd have to say now either the uh, you know they talked about the Millie Bobby Brown doing a young Leia, I think would be great, or Jack Porkins movie. <laughs> oh, Jack, yep. <laughs> One-liner, uh, probably one I use on my with my wife a lot when she'll she'll call me something you know like like you know if I do something stupid and she calls me an ass I'll be like you know well there's there's not enough asses in your life like because I'm an ass you know that's that's a really good one she usually gets her laughing if she gets angry at me so that's that's my most used it's it's hard to pick your favorite dialogue uh, I, I I gotta say tell you though my my favorite, uh, um, my favorite scene out of the entire original trilogy is when uh, Luke has a conversation with Leia in the Ewok village, and he tells her the truth. There's some great lines in there, you know. And Alec and Han comes in and says, "What is it?" <laughs> you know. For one minute, we have what it's about the movie Mirror Forger. It's the best. I go every time you see a certain point of view. I like um, this. I don't know if it counts quite as because there has to be the setup where he's like, No time to discuss this with committee. I am not a committee. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the beginning of the Skywalker name, my favorite. I guess I can't even reach this leftover from Warren and I remember right on that 
areas where he suggested that Luke was being debated. Of course, why was they specifically attacked the game? Obi Wan like had a big plan to get to here eventually, which is why R2 knows not to go beat Luke by your dad, by the way. And Obi Wan goes, don't remember owning a droid wings. Don't say beat Luke by your dad. So I don't know if that jive with what we know about Obi Wan now, but it makes that meeting a lot interesting. So it's Vader being, I like that, yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a generational question. Um, speaking of some of the Star Wars films, the only thing you can do is look at the film. It's got that. It's pretty good at ECO. And when I saw it, it was crazy. I got all the Jedi stuff like this crazy. There's one that everybody talking about. That I original thing I didn't Unnecessary. That's yeah. really about the only perspective I've got. I mean, you know, I, he serves a purpose. Obviously, he sets up the whole, you know, Palpatine coming to power thing. But I feel like that could have maybe been done without a without some of the Misa and the, you know. I just feel like maybe it was been a, maybe a little more dramatic, less comedic way to do that than Jar Jar. That's yeah. Well, the well, thing, but, different things about Ewoks is that the yeah. Ewoks actually, they were really good at something. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did something. Mm -hmm. Jar Jar really didn't. He just took yeah, up, yeah. like, oxygen. That's pretty much it, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just my opinion. Ewoks, I don't, I don't know if everyone realizes, but we've seen it. Ewoks have super strength. Like, for real, that's not my headcanon. Like, you can see it on screen when they can uh, throw a rock and that kills a stormtrooper. That's super strength. Um, all those, those giant redwood trees that are up and they hit. How do you think they got there? There. They didn't just get there themselves. Our heroes didn't put them up there. There was no time. Ewoks put them there and with they, their super strength. And they eat people. <laughs> and do you want something that can eat people tearing into you with super strength? I don't. No. <laughs> that medal. I think he was the reason why Han Solo came back, to be honest with you. He was his conscience. 
So there's there's a couple of things with that. Um, you know, I, I think at the time, uh, George just saw, you know, because he, he described him a lot as the dog. You know, so it'd be like, oh, hey, here's your, your medal, and then you give the dog a medal. So I think that was maybe the, the thinking. Um, but also because we saw, like, you know, Han dies, and then Leia snubs him. So maybe Leia just really doesn't like Chewie. Um, but in the comics, we get that uh, he, we actually do see that he got a medal. He just didn't get the ceremony. Um, but also, Chewie's a really bad dad. He's like running around the galaxy with Han, and he's got a son at home. Uh, and that, that's canon again. It was actually the old canon he did it, and then the new canon they brought it back in there. So maybe it's just like, well, he's a deadbeat dad. We shouldn't really give him a ceremony. <laughs> you, have to, you have to keep in mind, too, when Star Wars first came out and, and watching that, we didn't care about that. You know, this, 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 Chewie didn't get a medal. This this didn't come up till like ten years later. You know, so this was this was one of those little things that we just nitpicked to death because we've seen the movie so many times. So back then we didn't care. Back you know? then I was there. People talked about it. We didn't. I didn't my <laughs> age. <laughs> last this will be our last question, by the way. We've only got about three minutes left. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Wait a you like porgs better? I think I do. But you don't know yet. I, I think I know. They get, I heard. I heard that in like an online thing, they stole BB-8's like head. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It was great. No, it's not. That's mean. I love BB-8. <laughs> Little I, monsters. I, I love Ewoks. Ewoks can uh, take down an empire and. Uh, they could eat humans, and they knew how to dance. I mean, come on. And sing, and then they play, make musical instruments yeah. out of helmets. And they're so cute. <laughs> I don't think a port is going to We'll see if Porks can make a dress for Leia. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where all Luke's clothes come from on Octu. The Porks are making them. Uh, so one thing that I wanted to kind of hit since we just got just a couple of minutes is, you know, I, I've been hearing uh, with, it seems like every single movie, people are like, oh my God, Star Wars is in trouble. And uh, when The Force, or uh, Force Awakens, whoa, uh, when A New Hope was being made, which of course was called Star Wars back then, um, there was a lot of troubles. Uh, uh, they actually had, you know, George spent all of his money, and then he had to actually go to Fox and then beg for more money. They didn't want to give it to him, so then he had, um, I can't remember who it was exactly, they had to go, and then they finally were able to get him the money, but but not quite as much. You know, they were filming, and then they had to actually come back over the States and finish up some scenes, sort of redo some scenes and stuff like that. Like, I'm glad, Junior. Was I it? think it was Alan Ladd Jr. Alan Ladd Jr. did that for him? Okay, so, but point being, I mean, he even, it got to the point where he had a panic attack. He thought he was having a heart attack and checked himself in the hospital. So my point to all of this is Star Wars has always had a really rocky shooting schedule. So when Harrison Ford breaks his leg or, you know, we've got reshoots on Rogue One or we recast directors on um, uh, Han Solo movie. Mark like Han had a car accident that almost... Yeah, yeah. Mark, that's right. Mark Hamill, that was the whole... I don't Empire, know if you realized that. Between yeah, well, Empire. right. That's why he actually got attacked by the Wampa. They originally had a different um, scenario set up, but if you notice, they sh only shoot him from one side and he's got the, the hat on. He gets taken down by the Wampa and now, oh, he's got this scar and that's explanation for his scar. So, I mean, there's always like been little hiccups and things. So, my point is, chill out, people. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Star Wars will be okay. Yes. <laughs> it really will. Thank you guys for coming out. Appreciate it. Thank you.
awesome guys. Star Wars celebration this year? Yeah! All right. Okay. Jared's not better. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> For you guys that were there, did anyone see the running of the Matt the Radar text? Did you guys see those guys there? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Way to, to self-promote those guys. <laughs> Got Griffin in the house, I see. Very nice. Ravenclaw for Ravenclaw. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. Those, those tests are rigged. I, don't, <laughs> I, I refuse to go by mine. It's a Gryffindor. I'm like, there's nothing courageous about me. <laughs> like, something happens, I'm tripping you, and I'm the first out the door. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. I'm jinx you right away. Right. So, who's excited about Han Solo? Yeah? Okay. okay. Next, yeah, that's the way most people are. It's okay, it'll be all right. It's We're on track Howard, now. I yeah. Mean. Well, I don't know. She was in Terminator Genesis, so. <laughs> yeah, I like Terminator Genesis. That was good. Did you? I did not. <laughs> Anybody excited for Ready Player One? Anybody super upset that Mechagodzilla is totally not going to be in it? <laughs> I mean, come on, that's all we really cared about. <laughs> They're like, oh, no Ultraman. We're going to put in the uh, Iron Giant. And I'm like, lame. you got to blame the people that hold those rights. I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> no, I blame Steven Spielberg. Let's start. What? We're starting? Let's start. All right. Let's go. It's that time. This party's over.